Welcome back to the Hook Jake Podcast, guys. Today we're going to talk about Bellator 222 from the previous weekend. We're also going to go over UFC Fight Night with Hinato Moicano and the Korean Zombie, as well as talk about bare knuckle fighting this weekend with Polly Malinaji and the GOAT Artem Lobov. So stick around. So, Justin, I got a question. Uh-oh. All right. ESPN has their own little noise to let you know what's what's going to happen on the thing or like breaking breaking news. Right. Fox Sports, I don't think really has one. You know, they do tricky every now and then when you hear the NFL theme and you're like, oh, football's back. And then it's not back. It's like they're talking about baseball and you're really depressed. Losers. Do we need one? I don't think we do. Wouldn't it be cool, though? No, I don't think we need one. What if, what if, we, like, what if we made one custom and then just put it on our phones? That way we know. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a lot of trouble, but I think it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it's a lot of trouble. Let's go on Fiverr for that. Anyways, about the Fair enough. So did you watch Bellador 222? I saw somebody... Always say yes. I saw somebody get uh, kneed into yes. oblivion. Always say yes. I saw somebody get kneed into oblivion. Who is that? Aaron Pico. I know you watched that one. I did. I did see that one. That was actually pretty, uh, pretty decent. That's one of the highlights of the night. Yeah, I mean... God, he's such a good wrestler, and he's this past two fights, he's been refusing to wrestle. Like, I don't know what they're doing in his camp, but, man, they really got to get back on the ball. His wrestling's great. Why would he stop it? I don't get it. Uh, as far as I know, he, he doesn't want to be, like, he doesn't he doesn't want to fight, like, like normal. He doesn't want to just stick to his strengths. He just wants to basically sprawl, sprawl and brawl. That's about it. That's what they were saying on a couple of interviews. Uh, they were talking about him, and like apparently that's all he wants to do. But he's a really good wrestler. I don't see why not. Like, why wouldn't he not want to take his time, try to figure it out? But he's one of those guys. that's just like, let's do it. He gets in there. Yeah, it's beyond me. I mean, there's a few fighters like that too. I mean, Cody can wrestle. He doesn't wrestle. He's been knocked out three times in a row. Cody Garbrandt, to be exact. Yeah, he needs the. To definitely uh, Makes it reevaluate up, what what happened, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, but you know, I still think he's got a lot of talent. I think he just really needs to sit down, focus on what he needs to focus on. Like, dude, if you're good at wrestling, use your wrestling. Look at Colby Covington. As much as you don't like him, he's a good wrestler and he he dominates people. Look at Usman, dominant wrestler. Look at Ben Askren, dominant wrestler freaking dc but dc's learned how to dirty box i mean there's dude come on pico you've got a lot of examples out there buddy use it man you're good at it use it yeah i mean that's the the biggest problem with pico is as far as i know he's he's there he's ready to go but he's not as good at striking as he thinks he is because the last couple times he's been knocked out right the last two fights yeah 
and he gets caught. He's gotten caught twice, and maybe it's just two bad fights, or maybe you just need to reassess what you're doing in the cage. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that's just two fights, two bad fights for him. He just got caught sleeping, but maybe the next twenty fights he just goes on a mad streak. Who knows? But I really think he needs to uh, incorporate that ground game some more, man. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest biggest thing with him is. I know he's really aggressive. He's very young in his career and, you know, just started really. Um, he's, he's a big prospect, but, you know, there's certain people who burn out really quickly because they don't, you know. Get the bright lights on them, too. Yeah. See, we got him on the undercard. That was actually pretty good. Uh, did you watch the other Gracie fight? Uh, yeah, he tapped that dude out. Yeah, real quick. It was the first round. Yeah. I was uh, surprised. I was, not surprised that he had the submission, but surprised that it was the first round. I figured he'd probably grind uh, him out around. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if he's just that good or that guy was just that bad. So honestly, I don't know. This is the first time I've watched one of his fights. Me too. So I'm kind of excited to see it come up. You know, he's got the name. You know, he got the last name there. That's going to help him. But they're always very promising with what they they deliver as far as that name. So. I like to watch it. He, it was actually a pretty slick submission. I did like uh, the arm bar there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I always like seeing submissions, but I like it whenever they're a little more exotic. An arm bar is just like, ah, it's just an arm bar to me. But it was really impressive how fast he pulled that off. Yeah, it's like he's been drilling it since he was two. Yeah, probably has. <laughs> That's a daily thing, man. And Eric Gracie. It's like you learn to walk. Oh, you can walk? Guess what? Now you're going to pull people on your guard. I don't even think they learn how to walk first. I think they just, just start, know, start from yeah, guard. They, yeah, they just learn how to do everything from guard first. And eventually when they get on the back mount, they're like, wait, I can put my feet down and walk? That works. I think that's what happens. Who knows, though? Who knows? Gracie's. <laughs> you know? Top secret training from birth. Hmm. Probably in the womb. Spartan training from birth. They just got to put a speaker up to the belly, and they just start going over all the rules and techniques first. Yeah. And when he comes out, he's already got it all in his head, and all he's got to do is learn it physically. <laughs> Reading the manual before you start the car, man. That's probably what it is. I imagine there's something like that. <laughs> from birth, they're feeding him, like, acai bowls and fucking... <laughs> uh, I think most of the graces are vegan, right? <clears throat> like, uh, uh, Neiman, I fought earlier, he's a vegan. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big thing. It's probably that from birth and like just drills after drills after drills. That's all it is. People are vegan by choice? Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't think we're meant to. I I don't think so. To be honest. Anyway, uh, did you see the uh, Hooters girl fight the professional fighter? (laughs) By chance? I saw her get signed, but I didn't actually see the fight. So here's the uh, official score from the judges, okay? 29-28, She got dominated. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe she just started. Well, she she did because I think her, her record was 0-1. This is her professional? Yeah. What's her amateur fights look like? Honestly, I don't know. I think they were trying to find a last-minute replacement. I think that's what it was. Some no. guy just happened to be in a Hooters bar looking for a replacement? I don't know. Maybe maybe they found her and she just happened to work there. And they were like, we got to get a contract to her quick. Because that, that was the big thing. That was the big story they ran 
the entire week was like, you were working at Hooters yesterday. She was like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people pulled from those circumstances are like the guy who fought Jack Hager not too long ago. Yeah. yeah the butcher dude. That's basically it for the prelims. There wasn't a, there was a ton of fights, a lot of like, oh my God, these are amazing ones. There was a bunch of TKOs. There was one amazing KO, which was Aaron Pigo's. The beginning of the main card when they brought a Ryzen fighter in to fight for the uh, Bantamweight. Was it Bantamweight? Yes, sir. The Bantamweight belt. No, no, Flyweight. No, it was Bantamweight. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Bantamweight because Flyweight was the next, or Featherweight was the next one. Yeah, it's Bantamweight. I thought it was Flyweight. I thought he was. Bantamweight. Okay, cool. He fought for the Bantamweight belt against Darren Calderwell, who he defeated. Did you watch that one? Yeah, went to decision and he beat him, but he looked dominant the whole time, man. Like, honestly, I didn't know because this kind of gives you a scale of Ryzen's fighters compared to ours. I would say ours because Bellator is mostly here, but... um. I don't know. I think it gives you a good scale of what Ryzen fighters are capable of in other organizations, much like DJ is doing over there right now, and Eddie and Sage, even though those two dropped their fights, but DJ didn't. DJ kind of dominated his. Um, I think it's good cross-promotional like that, but now he's a whole different kind of double champ. He's a champ, a current champ in the same weight class in two different organizations. That's that's something, that's something very unique. What, what would be the uh, what was the nickname for him? It's not. It's a champ, champ. Yeah, he's a champ, champ. But like, it's a different level of it. So it's like a double O champ, like a double organization champ. Mm, I like that double yeah. O champ. I like that one. I just made that one up. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Let's keep that one going. Yeah, he's a double O champ. I like that. Good, good call, Jacob. Double O champ. Yeah, I mean, like, did you watch the, uh, well, first of all, it was a great fight. I did watch that one all the way through. Uh, to me, it seemed like he was very dominant through most of it. There was times where you're like, oh, Calderwell's coming back. But just not enough to really give him that win. Uh, after the fight, did you see him as they were walking towards the back and he was kind of, Calderwell was kind of uh, angry, I should say. Uh, do you mean whenever they were kind of trying to do a half-ass interview and he smacked the camera? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I don't care if he just finished a fight. I would have came after that dude. There's yeah. no telling how much that camera cost. As a, you know, as somebody who's, we've been to the fights before, we know that what it's like to be on the media row, right? Right. We know what it's like to go there, put your time in, to report, not just because you're, you know, it's your job but because you actually love the sport. And to go there and report something like that and be like, okay, I love the sport, I'm reporting this, I am doing my job with my own expensive. The cameras, the, oftentimes that camera is not owned by that company. It's that journalist, right? Right. I don't know what the situation was on this, but I can tell you that camera wasn't 20 bucks. They bought it at a pawn shop, right? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. When he slapped that out of, out of his hands, and it tumbled down. I don't know if it broke. I don't know if, you know, it shattered to a thousand pieces. I, I don't think it did. I think it just it took Re- a little scrape here and there. Regardless, it's, if, if I were in that situation, he slapped it out of my hand. That immediately, that's provoking. That's assault. There's so many things. It's property damage, all kinds of stuff. That would have taken place after that. Like, I would have been so pissed 
And secondly, as a fighter, you're not supposed to do that at all. You want to you want to be as professional as possible, right? That is n- that is not professional. There's no reason for that at all. It's it's uncalled for. Yeah, unfortunately, it is what it is. As a person in the media, if they're like, you get to go do an interview with Calderwell, that's the first fucking thing I would bring up, right? It's like, why do you think you had the right to do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, there's certain people that you know if they were in that situation and that happened to them, they wouldn't bring it up at all. I think it was very unprofessional of him. I mean, I don't know if there's anything going to be done about it. No, or there's not going to be anything done with that. I mean... Unless that was an independent journalist and it was his own thing, then I don't see it having anything to do with it. Yeah, I mean, if he was just part of one of the organizations there, I don't really see anything happening out of it either. But maybe sometimes a journalist needs to read the room a little to say and back up. Or, hey, you see the fighter approaching you like that, put it down. Put well, no, it down. you get the shot. You get the shot, right? It makes good... It's it's a good thing to see, right? It's very entertaining. But at any point, like even growing up, I'm not going to let you near me. I'm not going to give you a chance to slap anything out of my hand. It's, it's not going to happen. You get the shot, but if he steps a little closer to you, you're going to teep kick him in the throat, you know? <laughs> teep kick him in the throat? <laughs> Just boom, push him back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uncalled for, and the journalist definitely had a right to, I mean, smack them up the back. He yeah. could have done anything to him because at that point it's assault, but I don't know, man. It is what it is. Well, right then, I mean, from that, that journalist's point of view, you slap the camera out of your hand. If you decide to, like, throw anything at it, you can feel for your life. That's a professional fighter. He just got done fighting. Mm-hmm. Right? You're defending yeah. yourself. Yeah, I mean, technically. Yeah, I mean, there's no, that that would hold up in court a thousand percent. Yeah, with all that said, though, it is what it is. He did something that he shouldn't have done, and I mean, I don't know if there's going to be any consequences or repercussions for it, or going forward, if he's going to have to have certain media obligations or, you know, apologize for anything. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, next fight's coming out of uh, Bellator should be nice. But one really big thing did happen on the Bellator card, and um, been waiting for it for a while. But we got to see the bad guy retire. Razor Ramon? No, not that bad guy. The other bad guy. Bad Billy guy. Eilish? No. There's one more. That's right, Jacob Chelson in retirement. Oh, the American gangster. Yes. The only man to go undefeated. In MMA. The only man to go undefeated in his entire career, but yet never, never hold the title. lost a round, sir. Never. Never. Not one round. So it was kind of hard watching uh, the bad guy retire. I mean, followed his career for a while. He's a good fighter, He's, but he's, my only problem with jail is he always has the same game plan. Always has the same game plan. He never really mixes it up. It works, though. Yeah, I mean, it works for Khabib. Look, it could be. He was like 30 33 DC. 15, something like that. Like, it worked for the most part of his career. Yeah, I mean, his pressure was crazy. He was he was good at putting his pressure on people. And, man, the weight classes he jumped around to, he's fought some of the, He's fought the GOAT right now, one of the GOATs, Anderson Silva, twice. John Jones. Almost beat. Anderson Silva the first time. Silva got lucky in that last one and was able to pull out a submission. 
He fought John Jones. He's fought a number of people at the top of the game and the highest levels of the sport. Well, I'm he, sad to see him go, but I like listening to Chael, his analysis, and the way he breaks things down, and how aggressive he is. He brings a different type of analyst feel than some of the other uh, analysts you have on TV as Dom and DC, yeah, and they're fighters, and Paul Felder too, but he has a whole different mentality because he was one of the first people in the sport to really market himself as the bad guy and really... I mean, he kind of brought that pro that pro wrestling feel to it. That Ric Flair vibe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, he wasn't as crazy. Nobody will ever beat Ric Flair. That is the superstar of superstars. But he brought that level of um, bad guy from, ah, he's just playing a heel to, like, no, he is the heel. And then Connor took it to a whole nother level. And, I mean, it's I, I love watching Chell. I'm happy his career is over. Now we get to see more of his analyst and the stuff he does with Ariel. I love too. So let me just go down the uh, list of notable names that he's fought from the beginning. Ready? His second fight was Jason Miller, right? He goes on a little bit. He ends up fighting Forrest Griffin, right? Fights uh, Jeremy Horn twice, I should say. Uh, three times now. I'm looking at his record right now. And he goes back and forth a little bit. Damian Maya, Nate Marquardt, Anderson Silva, Brian Stan, Michael Bisping, Anderson Silva, John Jones, Shogun, Shot Evans, Tito Ortiz, Vanderlei Silva, Quentin Jackson, Fedor, Leota Machida. Legends. Legends of the, the sport, Hall of Famers. That's quite a career, even just in the last little bit. You yeah, know? I mean, he's. How many weight divisions is that? That's heavyweight? Well, he started light heavyweight. He was, he was a middleweight interim champ. Exactly. Look then how he many went to light classes. heavyweight. I think he had a heavyweight fight in there somewhere. Yeah, that yeah, because was, uh, he was part of the heavyweight Grand Prix. Yeah, has like three divisions. I don't yeah, know if he's fought crazy. lighter than that. When we look at that record, Jacob, what do you think about Chell? Interesting things. Well, I'm all, I've always been a big fan of Chell. Um, you know, one of the first times I really like around the time I really got into uh, the UFC. Like 2003, 2004-ish, you know, right after the Ultimate Fighter, the first season, I fell off a little bit because I was, you know, really young. I had other stuff to do <laughs> being a kid. But right around the time I started to get back into it was right around the uh, Chel Sonnen, uh, Anderson Silva first fight they did. And that was like, oh, okay, this is this American dude who can talk shit and back it up and just be this amazing showman fighting one of the greatest people to ever step in the, the cage and dominating him to that point he was an underdog after that right and you gotta love anybody who can like tell a story like he does and keep your intention for as long as he, he can you know yeah not just that i mean like he he's just fun to watch and he's got a interesting comedic spin on things his level of sarcasm and wit without being derogatory. You know what I mean? He's not throwing F-bombs. He's not cursing all over the place. He's not calling people all kinds of names. He's calling them dork and telling somebody he thought a bus was a horse. I mean... <laughs> okay, sorry. Did you see the, the tweet he put out afterwards? No. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like, I, I still can't see. believe that he thought a, that a, a bus was a horse. 
I was like, that's a good one. Because it's been like 10 years since that interview. Everybody still remembers. I mean, there's this. Chill is just, uh, he's such a personality. I mean, to, for the sport, he's one of the better things to happen for the sport. Because going from fighter to analyst and all that other stuff that he does on the side where you get to hear his voice. I mean, I think he's one of the better people he in is, the sport that talks about it. He is a pioneer he's of a the sport. He's a character, man. He's such a character. He's a, he's a pioneer of the sport because to be able to go from his wrestling background to fighting, then from fighting into commentating, from commentating into podcasting. You know, he's he's had this interesting uh, career, and it's something to like really look forward to. And some people, you're like, I can see how they could transcend not only their sport but their kind of time you know chelsea when you talk about mma is a is a footnote in there you know he's a mark yeah definitely definitely especially from his era yeah from his era he's probably one of the best well you can't talk about anderson silva without bringing up chelsea yeah because chel was the first person to really push him yeah deep water made him suffer and he's barely able to pull it out and that was the first time we got to see Anderson Silva, like, be kind of pissed the entire time. Like, the angry Anderson Silva, which is something we didn't see up to that point. You know, and he pissed off a lot of Brazilians. <laughs> yeah. Which, you got to commend him for that. Anybody who can piss off a nation. Colby. I think no one's really mad at Colby. Everyone's just annoyed at him. I'm pretty sure he's not allowed back in Brazil. Yeah, but do you really want to go to Brazil? Exactly. Who wants to go to Brazil? Brazilians leave Brazil. I mean, most people leave for a first world country if they have an opportunity. No one's purposely moving to Brazil unless they're trying to save Brazil. <laughs> unless they're trying to get away from something, too. Yeah. Extradition. We had the uh, main event of Bell Tour 222, which was a welterweight uh, semifinal? Semifinal? Yep. Yeah. Welterweight semifinal. Against Roy McDonald and Neiman Gracie. Which I still think I'm saying Neiman wrong, but it's spelled like Neiman. Yeah, it's Neiman. So the welterweight bout was actually pretty decent. Um, it happened pretty much the way I thought it would. Roy McDonald kind of just went in there and did his, did his thing. It, it, there was a good back and forth. I think uh, Gracie still shows promise, but he's very young. And, you know, he doesn't have the experience that Roy McDonald has being a fighter who's been in the game for... 10 years at this point? 10 maybe, plus, yeah. Maybe a little bit longer than that? Yep, yep. So, I kind of I kind of figured that was a, uh, like, that could happen. Here's what I, what I remember. Everything I remember watching after the fight was always showing how Rory was doing really phenomenal defensively. Yeah. Everything. Like, this is a Gracie and he didn't have any chance. He had plenty of chances, but Rory was so good at defending every submission, every every pass, everything he was trying to do. Like, Rory just dominated him. Yeah. It's like, sorry, buddy. Nope. Nope. Oh, wait, that's a little difficult, but nope. It was, nope it the was whole very techni- technical, you know, between the two. And it really showed that Rory, if he's in the game, if his head's right, no one's going to stop him. Right. If you have a practitioner of jujitsu who's been doing it since they were born, as we talked about earlier, I mean, you know, he's going to try to do everything in his power to get you get you down on the ground and submit you because that's that's his base. He always goes, you always go back to your base, right? Right. 
And if it goes to the ground, you're going to try to do everything you can, all the little tricks, things you learn, all those sneaky techniques that you've drilled and drilled and drilled. And Roy was just able to be like, eh, okay. Like, I kind of know that one. I can wiggle my way out of here and just defend, defend, which is probably the best strategy when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, don't try to do it yourself. Just defend it, get out of it, get back to a comfortable spot, and go at it again. It's a position before submission. Yeah. You know, that's, the, that's the big saying. But, yeah, I, I saw that coming, like that that would be a possibility. You know, there's always that chance that Gracie can come in and just, like, catch him in something. You know, anybody can get caught anytime. But I figured Rory would would pull it out at the end, which means now <laughs> we get to see the rematch. We get to see the Diego or Douglas Lima versus uh roy mcdonald which is gonna be pretty good god I, if this goes anywhere near as well as it went the first time roy's barely gonna be able to walk out again lima's got some devastating low kicks man do you think do you think roy's gonna give up that that championship check he gets after all these things oh i don't think he's going to give it up but i think <laughs> in the welterweight division lima is the only one in bellator who can do that to him I think it's I think it's a good like good possibility. Like you never know. MVP if, would never if, have a chance against Rory. If Lima comes in and does exactly what he did against MVP, where he's you know patient and he waits and he uses that strategy, where he's more reactive than anything. Yeah, it's probably going to be a better fight than the last one, which yeah. says a lot because he's going by strategy now. Lima looked so impressive in the two rounds that he had with MVP. Not Very. because of, like, he was just absolutely dominant. He was just composed. You could see him take his breath. He was thinking. He was, let me slip that. Let me let me do this. Okay, let me grab him. Boom, he wants boom. that belt back. Oh, he yeah, I would this. too, man. Like Champion Jack. You know, you can notice when uh, a fighter, like, when they're hungry towards it and they want it, and you notice when they get comfortable. If he gets a little wound up, I think he makes, that's where he makes his mistakes. And I, I think in the second and third round against Rory the first time is where he messed up the most. I think just that pressure that Rory was bringing. Exactly. Then that really fucked him up. But I, I think because of that, yeah, I think it because of that, it threw him off his groove. And at that point, he's used to running a different type of game plan. And he was not prepared for the volume and the pressure that Rory was going to put on him. And Rory put it on him and was able to. Man, I don't know how he walked out of that ring, because I think he actually had to get helped out of that ring. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Lima's got man, those those low kicks—they're they're Justin Gagey. They're basically Justin Gagey. I kicks, would, well, like he could—he he probably has the same. I wouldn't say the same amount of power because Gagey's able to throw that from anywhere. Yeah, he, he could stand in a box. You, you two could stand in a closet, and he can still manage to throw it him leg kick and hit you perfectly. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> the, the torque in them hips, man. Well, even yeah. then, just the range, be able to do that from that close. Yeah, I mean, you can tie shoelaces together, and he'll still be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to this rematch. I've been calling it the whole tournament, man. We've yeah. been telling you we're probably going to see that rematch again. We've been calling it, so we will be able to see that. I'm excited. I want to say Rory walks out with a defense on that one. <clears throat> Not sure what Jacob wants to call on that, but we'll see how it goes whenever that's finally scheduled. Uh, I don't know if they've announced the, the date for it yet. I think they're still trying to figure it out. It'll probably be a little later in the year. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they'll stack that card, too. I think it's probably going to be either in maybe August or maybe early October. 
then coming up on the weekend, we have uh, Fight Night, Korean Zombie versus uh, Hinato Moicano. That main event, I'm going to say Korean Zombie finally pulls out a win. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of a toss-up right now. I'll give more thought to it, but on first glance, I would say probably the Korean Zombie. Yeah, if my memory serves me correctly, Moicano's only been... He's been he was on a good... Uh, fight streak, and then he fought Aldo, and Aldo shut him down finally. But I think this will be the time that Korean Zombie, if he's gonna rally, I think it'll be this fight. Yeah, I think uh, I think Zombie's ready to get back in there and back to his you know normal ways of winning. <laughs> uh, you know, he took a little little bit of time off a while while back for uh, military reasons, I believe. Yeah. And but think, no, man. His, I think now he's he's back. I, what really sucks about Zombie is that last fight with Yair Rodriguez. He had it in the bag. Yeah. He had it in the bag. That was his fight. He was coming back. He was gonna come back with the win. And Yair throws this odd angled upward elbow from behind, and it lands perfect. Knocks him out. What last two seconds of the fight? I think it, it was, was like crazy. Last two seconds. It was, it was really close to the final bell. Yeah, it was insane. Because like I think he connected with it, and then whenever he fell to the ground, the buzzer went off. I was like, oh no! Yeah. Round five, four minutes and fifty nine seconds. Yeah, the last second. Of Literally, the, fight, he got the last out. second they called it. That was crazy. You imagine if it would have happened right at the buzzer, because he still would have had the round. Because it wouldn't have counted. Then he would have been Bisbinged. <laughs> Anderson Silva knocked out Bisbing at the end of like round two of their fight. But it was oh, on the yeah. bell. Right. Yeah. Got saved by the bell. And then Bisbing uh, won after that. Guess where they were? London. Brazil. Crazy. Yeah, London. If Brazil wouldn't do that, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they would have rioted at that point. <laughs> yeah, Just so. give them the fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see Zombie come back, especially fighting a young Moicano who's been on a hot streak until he fought Aldo. So, uh, yeah. is there anybody else on that card? Uh, we got uh, John Lineker fight versus Rob Funt, which which is not bad. Brian Barberina versus Randy Brown. Andre Lee versus Montana De La Rosa. Kevin Holland versus Alessio Di Chirico. I think mean, I'm gonna go with that last. Should name. be close enough. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the main card. Uh, there's a couple fights in there, like the Kevin Holland fight. I always like watching him. Yeah, me too. He's kind of the Lee fight. It's fun to be, watch. That's gonna be decent. Brian Barberina. That's kind of my dude. I like watching him right now. Uh, Rob Font. He's fun to watch. So is John Lineker. I think that fight's going to be I think Lineker's your guy, isn't he? Isn't Lineker one of your guys you like to watch? I don't like Lineker. No, I I, I think he's talented. I don't, I'm not like a super fan. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> uh, and then you got the Korean zombie fight. That's that's the the big one. Any of those you're looking forward to? Because I'm going to watch the Kevin Holland fight because he's a hometown guy here in Dallas. So I'm definitely going to try to watch his fights. The uh, Alan Crowder fight on the prelims. Versus who? Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say this guy's name. Look at it. There's a Z in the middle of it. Not There's good. like four 
let's see, one, two, three, four, four vowels. I'm not going to attempt to say that one. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one alone. He looks like Derek Lewis. That card doesn't look like it's too stacked, but where's that one at? Is that in Brazil? That sounds like a Brazil card. Where is it at? South Carolina? Yeah. All right, that's a lot of Brazilians to be going to South Carolina, but. Yeah. <laughs> is that how you say that? Uh, I think so. It's going to be like Bonnaroosh. Bonnaroosh. There's no. It's, that's one of those crazy. That's weird. <laughs> that's one of them deep sticks names, man. I don't know how to say it. I'm going to have to hear that's not, it's not even how you spell it, Jeff. We're going with the dub. <laughs> that's all of it for UFC Fight Night 154. Would you like to talk about the uh, Bellator London card? Anything good happening on that? That is the uh, middleweight world title fight between uh, Gegard Mousasi and Rafael Lovato Jr. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. Uh, we also have a Paul Daly versus Eric Silva fight. I don't like Eric Silva. I hope Paul Daly destroys him. <laughs> I really don't like him. I don't like Paul Daly, man. That is the, that's also we also or we also have a James Gallagher fight on there. Uh, the watermelon dude. No, it's a different it's guy. Cr- different Gallagher. Different Gallagher. Yeah. And we have a Melvin Manhoe fight on there. So chaos will. Manhoe is still fighting. Yeah, man, he's like 40 and, no, see, 30 and 14 and 1. <laughs> he's, they're getting close, a lot of the fighters of Bellator are getting close to the end of their careers. Yeah, I you know. know. Coker's still using them, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're still willing to fight and you can fill up a venue. So that card's going to have Musasi versus Lovato, and it's going to have Daly versus Silva. Those I are might, the two big ones. Yeah, I think I might be looking into watching that one because I want... I always like watching Musasi fight. He's one of the few people. You know, jab the shit out of him. Dude, he's one of the best 185ers. Yep. And I'm, I might be wrong on this, but I believe the guy fighting, he's also on the main card, Charlie Ward. I think he is Conor McGregor's bodyguard or ex-bodyguard. One of the two. I believe he's a teammate. Tweet him. Not 100% on that, but I do remember... Watching him fight last time, and he got a KO like really fast. So I'm sure you're I, watch him to see what he's doing this time. Yeah, sounds cool. He's a he's a big lumbering dude. He's a heavyweight. No, he's a middleweight, but he looks huge in the thing. If I'm thinking about the right person, I think I am. And with that said, Bellator's London car to be wrapped up fairly quickly. There's not a whole lot to talk about going on in that one. And with all that Bellator business wrapped up, we do also have. The Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, or whatever the name is this weekend. It's Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Okay, because they, they've changed it a few times. The PBKFC, I believe, is the uh, abbreviation they're going with now. PBKFC? BKFC. Okay. So the BKFC? Yes. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship is hosting another backyard brawl. Because this last one wasn't enough for us. We're going to get to see Artem Lobov fight the greatest of all time, right? Yeah. The Boston boy. Was he Brooklyn? Boston? One of those northern guys. I think guys. he's New York. Whatever he is, he's a, he's a dumbass. I don't know where he's from, but he's going to be fighting Polly Malinaji. Jacob, what do you think of this? Uh, what do you think about this fight? Artem Lobov versus Polly Malinaji? I think Polly doesn't understand what he got himself into. It, 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 bare knuckle if you watch any of the 
the fights, not just the ones that are filmed in the backyard of some dude's house, you know. If you watch any of the fights, like the professional ones, regardless of which championship you decide to watch, it is completely different than boxing. It's something that a lot of people don't understand when they first watch it. They just think it's two dudes throwing down as hard as possible, which there is an element of that to a degree, but there's actually some sort of strategy to it. Not much, but it's different than boxing because of the lack of gloves, the amount of cuts and damage you get. It's going to be rough for Polly during this entire fight. You think it's because of the fact that his hands have been broken before? You think it's going to be the range thing because gloves give you a little bit of extra range? or Well, if you look at the amount of, of damage a pretty boy's got to take. If you look at any of Polly's fights, right? Even Artem said it. In the, the buildup they put out, every time Paulie's fought anybody worth note, he has lost. He has come up short, right? And if you look at that record, you got people like Amir Khan, uh, Cotto, uh, Ricky Hatton. These are all future Hall of Famers, notable people in their weight divisions. There's a certain level that it takes to beat those guys, which Paulie does not have, Right? Paulie's notable in boxing because he was able to run his mouth. That's it. If you look at his record, it's very shoddy. I don't think he had enough talent to, you know, he, he's a guy who was put in an extraordinary situation, came out on top with his, his belt. I think he only had one belt and was able to maintain it for a little bit and then go into commentary and be relevant from that point forward. I don't think he has enough skill or talent to transfer from boxing into bare knuckle because, first of all, the range is going to be completely different. You don't have gloves. The jabbing that you would normally do in boxing, you don't really do that in bare knuckle. The jab that you would normally do in boxing uh, is basically useless in bare knuckle because there's a chance you're going to throw it and you're going to break your hand on that guy's face. The range out of there. On top of that, you got to find your range. You're not going to be able to do that now you have your gloves off. We saw that with Gokensaki when he was transferring into MMA, right? Everyone thought he was going to go in and destroy, but he was unable to do that because the range was so different. It, it, and on top of all this, when you watch the interviews with Polly and Artem, I don't believe a word Polly says during any of it, right? I know he's trying to sell the fight, but he just doesn't seem truthful at all in anything he says. I don't know if it's not that he doesn't sound truthful, but he doesn't. He definitely doesn't sound like he believes everything he's saying. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's he actually is committed to what he's saying. You know. Yeah, I mean, he definitely sounds like a guy who's who who's thought about like, man, maybe I I just shouldn't do this. Yeah, I think he signed the contract prior to watching the Artem fight, his last one, and then afterwards when they announced it. They were like, uh, uh, okay, I guess I gotta fight him now, you know? <laughs> Man, shit, there's a chance I might actually get fucked up. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely think Paulie's gonna win this. Just due to the simple fact that his boxing acumen is higher. And this is a stand-and-fight sport right now. Yeah. Um, but, no, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be lying to you if I said, oh, God, I hope Artem just goes in there and blasts him by the third round. Well, we don't recognize Polly. There's a large obstacle 
that Polly has to overcome, right? Himself? The range being one of them, right? The fact that it's no gloves at this point is another factor. But it's also in a ring, right? Not a square. Yeah. You're closer. On top of that, they're encouraging the fighters to actually fight, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this whole thing of you have to engage. On top of that, boxing doesn't allow you to grapple, right? Doesn't allow you to grab the back of the head. You know what bare knuckle does? Allows you to grab the back of the head. And you can just uppercut the hell out of somebody. Yep. He's good. He's he's used to so much that so many things that I think it's just it's too big of an obstacle for him. Well, who knows, man? Maybe he goes in there and this is his sport. Artem? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Polly goes in there and determines that hey, I actually like this sport. Who knows, man? Maybe his hands don't break. Maybe he goes in there and he pieces up Artem really bad. It's possible. But what if? Artem goes in there and takes Polly to school and all his boxing. Then what do we have? Then what happens? What? Then we have this dude who's been talking so much shit who's going to now try to talk shit to Connor because, oh, yeah, well, you had to send your boy after me. It was like, I don't, yeah, I mean, you couldn't even beat him. What makes you think you're going to beat me? The only relevance Polly ever had was losing to a sparring match with Connor McGregor. That's it. And he keeps bringing it back up, too. Yep. I mean, Connor let it go, but he can't seem to let it go. I don't know, man. I'm going to watch that fight, but I don't really look forward to watching the whole card. Probably just going to watch that main event. Yeah, that's the big one on there. You do have uh, Chris Levin on there, which is a UFC (laughs) veteran. And, you know, I like him. I read his book. He's pretty cool. So, yeah, I'll watch it. It, you know, it's amazing. You have three, three events, three big events, on the twenty second. Yeah, Bellator, UFC, and uh, BKFC. Right. I have to slow down when I say that, just to make sure I got the letters right. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Send a pigeon. Smoke signals will work. Tell people. Tell people's. Tell people about us is what I'm asking. I am at Hooked JP. He is at Hooked Justin. We are Hooked J Podcast. I like how I did that. Uh, that'll do it. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Thank you for listening to the Hooked J Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. See you next episode. Sometimes you've got to do what's right for you and not do what's right for everybody else.